Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. You know, on a Vegas slot machine, if you get three sevens, it starts dinging and you make a lot of money. We can't do that in the NBA. we got to settle for two sevens, and I think we're all right with it. Both series are headed to the end with Jim Jackson, Mark Willard, live. Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. But, Jim, I'm kind of hot to trot. I'm kind, of, uh, I'm kind of fired up about something today. We need to get right into this. Let me ask you, for instance, who – now, you and I have gotten to know each other a little bit over these uh, last few months. Um, but who would you like to be today? Define yourself. Who, who are you today? Because I'm going to erase everything that I know about who you are. It doesn't matter how long I've known you. It doesn't matter who I've known you to be. I'm going to wake up today and now define you based solely on today. So who would you like to be? Like a person or I, I like being myself. Okay. And, and I and, love myself. And who is yourself? Like what, what are the things that, that you do? What, what makes you tick? What, what is the key to being Jim Jackson? I, I try to keep it as simple as possible. Okay. I'm so blessed. I enjoy life. I get, I get to travel because of my job, whether that's internationally, nationally, uh, cover basketball, 
watch my son grow, my, my, take care of my mother, uh, can pretty much kind of do what I want in regards to relaxation and enjoyment, which is simple for me. Cigar, some basketball, little sports, some golf. Watch Brant Snedeker on a Sunday. I'll do it. I'll do it all day. Okay. Read. You know, so my, my, my life is real simple, and I love it that way. Okay, so you're chill. You're a good dad. Yeah. You're a good son. And you love to relax with friends. That's right. All right, I'm going to come back tomorrow morning and tell you that you're none of those things <laughs> based on what you do today. Because this is exactly what we now do with NBA athletes specifically. <laughs> and I'm done with it. I'm absolutely done with it. So today, Clay Thompson is the best player in the history of the NBA who's never been the best player on his team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's today. Uh, Right. Until, of course, tomorrow he goes three for ten in the first half, and he's a dog. He's an absolute dog. Kevin Durant last week was the best player on the planet. Yep. This week he's a lost puppy who isn't really sure who he is. Why do we do this? Why do we do this? We can see a decade of a person. And then we define him on last night. And then the next time we see him, 48 hours later, we redefine him again. Are you asking me? I'm asking you. Uh, it's, it's human nature. Because here's the thing about it. Especially when you're, well, it happens too, I think, in normal work, workplace too. One, the expectations for Kevin Durant are a little bit different. But because he hasn't performed before, you're hoping that he give this, I think, status to him, which he's deserved. I'm, I'm on the other side. It's people on the outside that look in always. I think it's always we build, 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 build. And that moment, it doesn't Bang. happen. Bang. You're so quick to turn. I'm like, hold up, wait, 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 wait. You understand that he's playing against other NBA players, that not every game is going to be great. You understand that Michael Jordan had some championships and playoff games where he shot you know, uh, not a high percentage. Right. right. Okay. Do I need to go back and get the box score oh. of the Lakers Celtics game seven when Kobe Bryant could not hit the backboard? Do I need to get it? Hold, up, hold up. But see, Kobe, they're going to argue. Let's just stay with Michael. I guess, okay. I think it was Seattle. A few games in there, and maybe Rob, you can pull this up. It was some games in that series, and even I think the Utah series, too, where he shot below 42, 43%. Mm-hmm. Okay. Didn't shoot well, but still performed. People forget about that. Okay, you think that Mike shot 50% all the way through every playoff in one. 90. You, you 90%. Know what I'm so you got to realize the circumstances that you're dealing with. You are playing against other NBA players, pros that can play. So if you have an off game, I get it. I'm not one. It's, it's such a difficult thing to, to be in in regards to you're never going to please. I don't care what you do. LeBron James is a prime example, bro. Here is probably between, like I said, Kareem, Michael, and LeBron that have touched the basketball. And he gets criticized not by the day, but by the hour. Up and down. By the possession. But yeah, yeah. By and, the possession. And you can't win with that. I mean, like, this greatness that we're seeing from LeBron doesn't come around. I don't think, I don't think people really realize and appreciate that. We've been blessed, Mark. That we're old enough, you had Gretzky, you had Montana, okay, you've had John Elway, Tiger Woods, Serena Williams, Michael Jordan. You got LeBron. I mean, we've 
we've we've seen transformable kind of polarizing people. We've been blessed to see it, and and I embrace it. Now is everybody, but I'm on, uh, of the understanding that everybody's not perfect. I don't care how great they are. We all have our flaws. But damn it, I'm gonna enjoy watching what I see right now because it doesn't come around like this. Well, I also thought this stuff went away when you disprove a theory. Well, Kevin Durant will never get over the top. Oh, oh but he already did. He already did. He won a championship. He, he, and he was the MVP. Well, no, So you, once you're a finals MVP, <laughs> aren't you supposed to not come back the next year and say, wow, this guy chokes when the moment is large? No, we already, like, we've already done this. We already did that. I've heard so many people this week, oh, this is just like Durant in Oklahoma City. Two years ago, he was playing the Warriors in Oklahoma City, and he didn't perform in the fourth quarter. Okay, so now you've got that game. That was game six against the Warriors two years ago. You've got last night, which actually wasn't disastrous at all. The Warriors won by 30 points or whatever it was. Did he shoot efficiently? Not his best, but he had teammates that did whatever. And then you had the game in Houston the other night where, uh, you know, obviously what? He didn't shoot in the final five minutes of the game, was 0 for 4 in the fourth quarter. Very, very bad fourth quarter for the entire Warrior team. Okay, so now what have we got? We've got 10 years of basketball, and you just gave me three nights. I know. You gave me three nights, and you want to define the guy by those three nights as opposed to the hundreds of nights that disprove it, that totally disprove your point. And we do it. We do it to Kevin. We do it to LeBron. We do it to Steph. We do it to James. We do it. Boy, did we ever do it to CP3? Your question. His do, entire career. Do we do it with Tom Brady? Do we do it with Tom Brady? It, not, does he have not, a shield around him? Not much. He has a shield around him. A little bit. A little bit. And I think a lot of that has to do with. I mean, he's won. But, but, no, but here's the five thing. I times. think a lot of it is because expectations for Tom Brady coming in wasn't high. Weren't high. Okay. You know, fourth round pick, sitting behind Bledsoe. You didn't know who you had. Obviously, the Patriots did. So he's overachieved so much that he may get a pass. He also, when he stands next to other quarterbacks, he just looks like every other guy. Every, every other guy. You look at Kevin Durant and LeBron James, you look at Shaq, you're like, okay, hang on. Like, physically, it's not fair. It's not fair. So yep. you better do the exact same thing every time because if you're unguardable, then you should perform the exact same every single time out. Now, I mean, I would love to say that it works like that. Again, Michael was effective in all since he was the MVP in those championship games. But not every game was a stellar performance. But our history, the way we viewed Mike, and we didn't have social media at the time, mm. the way we viewed Mike was, oh, it was just a bad game. He right. didn't shoot well, but he, <laughs> made, but he made key shots. Now, you know, yesterday's game, and I said this going in, Mark, you know, our crew was out. Had our cigars ready to go. Of course you did. Just like it will be today. Man, every I'm, night with you oh right yeah, now. Every this night, time bro. of year, you guys no, ain't going to miss again. It is like, you guys forget <laughs> it. But I said this. I said, one thing is going to happen this game. Steph will handle the ball a lot more. Okay. He will be the orchestrator in Have this to. game. Have to. And that affects what Durant does. Because what happens now, the ball moves so much more freely. You saw at the beginning of the game, it was a concerted effort for the ball to move. Which is fine. That's them. And the beauty of their team is this. All three may not be going. It may be two out of the three. Who was it? It was Clay, 
and it was it Steph. was Steph. So why should Durant be up to trying to get shots when these two guys are rolling? Well, Chris Broussard tweeted last night, this is what the Warriors should do. Feature Steph, Steph. and then, uh, you know, let Kevin, you know, just be one exactly. of the main guys out there. Well, it's funny you say exactly because then somebody tweeted at me and goes, do you agree with this? And I said, well, no, actually I don't. I don't think anybody needs to be featured. Steph starts with the ball because he's the point guard. The ball moves. He is the point guard. And who's open shoots. But he is the point guard. He is the point guard. So when Steph plays, the pace of play with Golden State is much different. Okay, How they attack is much different, whether that's after a made basket, um, on the miss, him initiating the offense, it's a different attack. Yes. So him being that initiator brings a different energy and movement. But you don't know who's going to shoot yet. In other words, that, that's, great. Ball, I, that's the way it should be. If you want the key to the way this is all gone, in my mm-hmm. opinion, and I've never been an NBA player, but iso ball is predetermining who's going to shoot. I know sometimes they pass out of the iso, but normally you're predetermining. Hey, Kevin, here's the ball. Go get us a shot. When Steph brings it up and the Warriors do what has made them special over the last four years, the ball goes ding, 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 and the person shooting it is whoever ends up being open at the right time. It's not predetermined. That's what I thought they did in the second half last night. Well, here's the thing, too. With Houston, they want to try to exploit mismatch. So how do they do it? They run a high pick and roll to try to get stepped. That's it. That's the kind of movement they have when they start getting boggled in for an isolation or a mismatch. Different for Golden State. Different Golden State, a lot of times, like we saw yesterday, is they love to get into those ISO situations or mismatches off of ball movement. The ball moves side to side, side to side, pick, 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 bam. Next thing you know, you got a mismatch. Then you can exploit it. A lot of times you catch it on the move. It's harder for the defense when they're not set to be able to guard and help. That's the difference. They end up sometimes in the ISO like we saw Steph on Joe Johnson. Yeah. But it ended up that way off some passes, and it got back to him, and bam, now he made his move. You see what I'm saying? With Houston, it's a high pick and roll. Whoever Steph is guarding, bring his man up. We're going to switch it, then we're going to exploit. Guess what? The defense is just – the other three guys are just standing there watching. The other six, really, because you have the two offensive players, but they're just stationary. That's the difference with the two, and we got this right here. Go back to that Michael Jordan. In the 96, 97, and 98 finals, Jordan shot, shot under, under 43% forty three percent in nine, nine games. times. Half the games. See? How did they all get swept under the rug? Like, but, but that's what because we don't look at Mike like that. Who brought out the broom? Yeah. The janitor swept it away. Mm-hmm. But I think, too, because right. we've seen him come through in a clutch so much. Sure. I'm not looking to rip Michael Jordan. Yeah. I just want to know why everyone's looking to rip LeBron and KD now. So the best example of what we're talking about hasn't even happened yet. It's about to. We'll tell you what we're talking about. Your calls are welcome. 877-99 on Fox with Jim Jackson, Mark Willard on Sunday. Happy Memorial Day weekend to you. It's Fox Sports Radio. Okay, we're loaded today. This is going to be awesome. Craig Hodges is going to join us in 10 minutes. My man. And um, sure, he's a former sharpshooter, so he can talk about the fact that that's taken over the game. But Craig might have a thing or two else to say about the state of sports and society right now, huh? Yeah. Better stay tuned and listen to this one. It has a lot of relevance into what's going on in the NFL right now. 
the <clears throat> the NBA and because of Steve Kerr's statements about the the anthem rule in the NFL, the NBA got kind of painted by many as a little bit snooty this week. Like, oh, we don't we're kind of above these issues because we're the socially conscious ones. And uh, you know, that's that's kind of one interesting way to uh to look at it. Um Craig Hodges might have a very different perspective about how the NBA handles issues like this. We'll get to that in 10 minutes. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Michael Thompson, Alex Marvez, David Griffin, all on the show today in addition to Craig Hodges. Boom. Okay. So tonight, Game 7, Celtics and Cavs. I can already tell you what's going to happen after the game as long as you allow me two possibilities because I don't know who's going to win the basketball game. But I do know this. I do know who LeBron James is. (laughs) I know that LeBron is one of the, if not the greatest basketball players to ever live. But what we were just talking about, we brand guys based on last night. So tonight at about 8.15 Pacific time, 11.15 in the East, One of two things is going to happen. Either the Celtics will go to the NBA Finals and the social media sphere will state, see, LeBron just isn't what he's cracked up to be. Or the Cavaliers will go to the Finals and you will need to sift through thousands of goat emojis to even find somebody to write an actual word on Twitter. One of those two things are going to happen solely based on one basketball game. That is ludicrous, if you ask me. Well, I, th- I think it's twofold. I think it's twofold with LeBron. I think it, say, say they lose mm-hmm. and he plays poorly down a stretch, yes. But if he does everything that he can do. Triple-double. And, I mean, hitting big shot after big I, shot, and I, Boston still wins. J.R. Smith goes 0 for 7. See, now, now what they're gonna, the, right. I think what the, what the caption is going to be more so, LeBron did his thing but didn't have help. So it, I think it really depends on who, we, who people think he is tomorrow, depending on what happens in late-game situations. If it's that close, if he has one of those undefined, undefined moments where – you just know he's just on he's doing everything right but yet until his team loses. But you only get the goat emojis if you win the game. Well, no, you got to win the game I mean, to go to emoji. But you know what though what what happens if LeBron James I mean the game is close under 30 seconds he hits a big shot put him up two. Boston has 10 seconds left they bank a three-point shot. <laughs> I'm just saying. You don't get the goat emoji. No, come on. You don't get it. No, nobody's going to be like this. He put his team in the situation, and they got a great shot. He did everything possible. You're right, but nobody's going to be like, congrats, Celtics. Oh, by the way, LeBron's the greatest of all time, even though they lost. That's not the way it works. I don't don't think think it would be as emotional if he doesn't play well. If he doesn't play well down the stretch. That's when you hear, oh, well, Michael did this. Well, Michael, that's what you will hear. I want to ask you this. Because you've you've been in big games, right. you've been somebody that a team relies on to score. What's he doing right now? Like I am so beyond fascinated by how these guys get into their space. Like this kind of pressure that we're talking about, and I understand there's no life or death going on tonight. Right. It's a basketball game, 
But this kind of eyeballs, this kind of expectation, this kind of reaction that will happen no matter what happens tonight, I've got to think each minute feels like five. I have to think that each hour feels like five building up to this. What do you do right now during the day hours to get into the space? And that, that's a great question because for me in the league, I wasn't in the position when I was at my height of my career before my injury to be in the playoffs and kind of be the guy. Right. What would it mean to go into game seven, game six, and really the bullseye is on you and we got to take you out? I was an ancillary player that played well in the playoffs had impactful moments, but not the guy. Right. But speaking from the guy's perspective of maybe college and high school and, you know, some international playing, but LeBron is so cerebral in his thought process. It's like me. When I went into a game and I knew that I had to perform, I couldn't put pressure on myself like, I need to score 30. I need to do it. Because then I would, I never, I never, one time in high school, these guys were talking a lot of games. <laughs> And I and I had, to, I had to drop him off at twenty one <laughs> something like that in the first quarter. But other than that, most of the time, if I focus my energy on, I got to score X amount of points. I could I couldn't perform because right. I was pressing it too much. Right. You got to allow the game to come to you. I think LeBron is gonna at the beginning of the game. He's thinking about how these these he's like again. He's so cerebral. First, second, third, fourth quarter. How does it break down? Where do we need to be? How can we? Posi- how can I position our team to make sure that we're right there? That's how you know. That's why he reads before a game. You know, reads a book to get his mind right, to get it relaxed in a calm state. Because the last thing you want to be is so hyped and putting pressure on. Now you're playing tight and tense. What you want to do, be able to do, is go out there and play relaxed and play your game, and then feel the way the game is going, and you'll get a real good sense of it. Like a player like LeBron, early on in the first four, five, six, seven possessions. What's going on? How they're playing you? How they're playing the switch and the pick and roll? Now Jeff Green is in there. Did you uh, did you have headsets on when you got off the team bus? Uh, yeah. What were we playing? Hip hop. I had I had I had I had a I had a playlist. Okay. That I had my favorite songs that got me just focused. That's what I'm saying. Like I, you know, a lot of people, uh, especially in our society, where there's too much judgment. There's all this that if you if someone doesn't look like you, act like you. People see that, and it's like, oh, look at these guys. It's almost like they've dialed out. They don't want to talk to anyone. And I'm like, no, like I, I get it. Those headsets, I'm always wanting to know, so what's on? Are you listening to hip-hop? Do you have books on tape? Do you have chanting meditation music? Do you have the sound of waves crashing against the beach? Like, I get it. Whatever that is, you are getting into that zone. I will say this, though, and let me back up. Most of the time, I would have them, but I would wait two till I got in the locker room. Okay, that's when I really got into it. On the bus, sometimes we're talking about some stuff, and I may have them on. But more than likely, when I walk through, I'm fine, relax. But once I get into my game routine, like in the locker room, is when I put on that playlist. You know what I mean? That's when it gets me. It's funny because I did crazy stuff like this when I was at the Mavericks. Before a game, I would I would eat peanut M and M. I swear to God, peanut M and M's. Now, what if they would get caught in your throat and, and yeah, red yeah, die? I, well, and, they mouth is... to mouth because that. But you know, it, it got to be a point where a police officer noticed it, and his little daughter would always send me peanut M and M's before the game. Me. No, but that was just part of my routine to kind of get my mind. And it's funny because 
when you get away from it, let's say you take a break over the summer, you got to come back and get your routine. You got to kind of remember, okay, let me, well, okay, I did this, I tied my shoe, I put my shoe on here, I went out and shot. It's, it's programmed in there. Yes. You, you don't want to mess that up because it's a rhythm. I'm telling you, the superstitions that we do yes. go through is a trick. I, mean, I learned I, it in I, Bull Durham. You don't mess with a streak. Listen, I had to put my left shoe on first and then my right. Okay. Dude, I mean, I'm telling you. Yeah. It's, it's so stupid. No, but, but, we, but it but works. You have your process. I got my process. You got your process. You're playing in front of millions of people. Yes. I get it. Okay. Um, Mark Willard, Jim Jackson, Fox Sports Radio. Does tonight's game, does the next round have anything to do with where LeBron will be come October? We'll talk about that still ahead. But next, Craig Hodges joins us live on Fox Sports Radio. First, David Gascon gets in here with the latest. We're five hours from tip, Dave. That's all I want to hear about. Five hours from tip off. Man, I'm excited, aren't you guys? Yeah, right? Right? Do you have have headsets on right now? Is the road team going to win tonight? Um, Jim? Jim, who's winning Listen, tonight? Let me tell you something. I, I put my money on Mr. LeBron James yeah. in the Game Seven over some guys that are, are probably more talented team wise, but that don't have the experience like this. Boston has not lost a home I game know. yet in these playoffs, and Cleveland has not won in Boston yet. So something <laughs> could give. <laughs> Woo! It's going to okay. be exciting. Tip yeah. off time is at eight thirty Eastern. Jeff Green's going to start tonight in place of the injured Kevin Love, who was ruled out. Because of a concussion in Major League Baseball, can't play the highlight just yet, but Bryce Harper yanked the ball down the right field line and he smashed it. I don't know what the exit velocity is just yet on it, but 16th home run of the season, two runs batted in. Nationals lead the Marlins 5-0. Garrett Richards was all over the place for the Angels. He was lifted at just two and one-thirds innings. Yankees lead the Angels 3-1. Masahiro Tanaka has limited the Halos to just three hits in that affair. Braves leading the Red Sox 6-1, Indians 3, Astros 2, Indy 500, the 102nd running of it, went to Will Power. Interesting, though, Danica Patrick knocked out. She crashed. Mm. I want you guys to listen to this question, a little Q&A session real quick. Danica, what a horrible way to end your career here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Tell me how you really feel. Yeah. (laughs) You were pretty racy out there. What happened? Uh, It was fun. Um... I don't. I don't really know exactly what happened. Obviously, that's nothing you uh, you're targeting. So, little Aaron Rodgers in there. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, my bad. Did I said. Well, uh, I get it though. Like it just <laughs> broadcasting 101. Like it's been, when someone's coming off an emotional situation, be like, boy, that was awful. Little mm, nice to talk to you. Okay, what do you have to say? It's like, well, wait a minute. There's context here. She's done. Indy car career is over with now, but obviously well, a disappointing finish to her career with that. But went again, out with a bang. That's yeah. good. <laughs> That's Boom. not right. That's not right. That's not right. Well, she did. She went out That's, with a bang. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Guys, back to you. All right, Dave. <laughs> Thank you. All right, live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Geico.com, 800-947-AUTO. The two options. The only hard part is figuring out which way is easier with Jim Jackson, Mark Willard, Fox Sports Radio, and now joining us live, Craig Hodges. This is now this is your boy. You 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 bring him in. No, that's my man. You know, I, I Craig of course is a little bit older than me, but watching Craig play back in the day with the Bulls, uh, being able to enjoy his three point shooting not only in a contest um, for the, you know All Star Weekend, but just watching his clutch shooting. And I think a lot of people forget about the thing that made Craig Hodges, I think, great was not a shooting. 
was the stance he kind of took and things that happened to him during his NBA career, especially later on, and how he has a connection with what's going on with Colin Kaepernick, with the NFL, Yes, uh, even preceded Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. And we always talk about the NBA being progressive and they're ahead of the curve, but that's not always the case. So that's why when we talked about the subject, I wanted to bring my man Craig Hodges in to kind of talk a little bit about his experience at the time back in the 90s on what took place when he wanted to take a stance in regards to the police brutality, inequalities as far as racism, lack of ownership and coach black minority ownerships in the NBA. Yeah, and Craig, you have a book on this. I know you feel blacklisted for sure, and so I wonder, like, what is your reaction when you hear people today say, well, uh, the NFL is struggling with this, but, you know, the NBA is the, the socially responsible progressive. They're the ones who get it. What's your reaction to that? Well, once again, I just thank y'all for the opportunity to come on and share you know, the information, because it's definitely a blessing that you're even touching on the subject because so many people don't even want to, you know, we skirt the issue. And I think that's been the biggest problem in America is that we skirted the issue of race for so long. And when we have addressed it, we've addressed it with Band-Aid type solutions as opposed to in-depth and comprehensive approaches to this thing. And when, you know, when you look at the movements in America the the beautiful thing that happened in 1968 during the um, the civil rights campaign for social justice during the Olympics was that it was caught up in a movement. And right now, Colin is caught up into a movement with the Black Lives Matter. What happened with me and, and Mahmoud during our time, there wasn't really a movement of the people going on. And we were actually in somewhat in a vacuum making these uh, making these principled stances. And now it's, just, it's a situation where you have social media is such that people can instantaneously be on your on your side about things and, and let it be known to their friends, families, and associates, and then it becomes spreading like wildfire. So, you know, I just applaud the brothers that have stood, you know, on the principle of what our ancestors brought to America, you know, and I think that's one of the biggest uh, problems with addressing the issue is that it's so comprehensive on an international level that so many nation states are uh, actually part and parcel and we're part and parcel not only of our enslavement but our oppression going forward and even to this day so when we talk about solution-based reparation-based no one really wants to get to that issue because when we get to that issue we're really talking about the bottom line of almost every fortune 500 company in america when we look at the inheritance program and as far as what was earned during our enslavement and what followed in as far as corporate america was concerned Hey, Craig, you know what? It's, it's, here's my parallel, too. Back in 91, when you wanted to really kind of protest the NBA Finals at that time, when you approached Michael Jordan and also Magic Johnson, what spurred that was the Rodney King hearing and the verdict. Kind of similar right. police violence. Kaepernick yes. got behind the same thing as far as police violence, the inequalities, Things of that right. nature. The par- it parallels it so much. That was 1991. We're, st- yeah. we're 2018 still dealing with the same issue. Just right. walk me through a little bit the thought process and I would mm-hmm. say more so the obstacles during that time when you when you talked about this protest. Well, I think, you, you know, when, when we were coming through, uh, once again, it was it was almost a thing where you know, if you don't say anything and you be, you know, you know, kind of let everything go by you and just be a, 
an athlete and don't be uh, and and don't really be humanistic about this thing, then you felt like you could get paid. And I think a lot of brothers took that stance as far as I'm not going to rock the boat. You know, we had the examples of the brothers in the '60s and early '70s who changed their names to Kareem's. Uh, you know, the the Walt Hazards, mm-hmm. the brothers that changed their names, that was somewhat of a social consciousness move for the next generation of athletes like myself. So when we had the opportunity to do the same, you know, whether or not, you know, for me it was just one of those things where I was blessed to have great tutelage when I was at Long Beach State in Black Studies, and I was excited to share that information with my teammates on every team that I was on. Now, the conversations would be oftentimes where I would be talking with five of my white teammates, you know what I mean, about black issues. And I think that's the beauty of sport, that sometimes we can actually have these conversations on the bus, in the locker room, on the plane, and it's, and it's across the board. But when it became a public thing, no one really wanted to stand on what we were talking about on those plane trips. But for me, it was a thing that I've been, I, was a, I was born as a civil rights baby. And it was put into me as a young man that, you know, you're never greater than the least of your people. So regardless to how many championships you win, if we still have uh, oppression and, you know, suppression of ideas and suppression of opportunities. And I think it's just right now we're at a cyclical time where the inheritance for the black man around the world is coming. You know, black woman has had her, she's she's part of the Me Too movement and has been caught up into that, and then it becomes a thing where we have to make a stance on those ancestors that died and and blessed us to be here today. How do we make our approach for the next generation of of black child and and black thought and and black culture, or, or does it cease to exist? And it's not a it's not a tribalistic thing or an, uh, a thing of nativism or nationalism. It's a thing of you know what's right. You know our people died, and, and there's some some of us who feel a kinship to that, and we stand on that. Craig Hodge is joining us, Fox Sports Radio. Craig, I wonder uh, when you see the NFL ruling that came down this week, if what? you if you were a player who had been kneeling or whatever your your expression had been last year how would you handle it what would you do this okay, year no this, this is this is hot okay this is me and i and, and then you know once again i i couldn't put on no pads i, I couldn't do that <laughs> but let's take it in basketball <laughs> standpoints if i was in the if i was in the league and i'm seeing what's happening in the nfl to my boys and, and that might be a wide receiver or a defensive back or a lineman or whatever my position is that we are athletes in america with a certain economic power. I have to unify with you. So that being the case, me, I'd have boycotted on my side of things. Whether it be if I was going in the playoffs right now, I probably wouldn't be playing. Hmm. Just on a, just on the economic environment that it is today. So consider, we can have players that earn all the money that you earn during the season. You could sit down for the last two months of the year. On the real. That, that's where we are now. Economics, on the economic level, the financial independence of the black people in America can be done through our athletes and entertainers, but we are we are ostracized when we say, why shouldn't we be able to change the condition of our people with the wealth that we make on your fields and in your courts and on that and and and, and spraining ankles, tearing up knees and the like. And I have a love for America from the standpoint of this. We were taught 
to go to school, do the right thing, read. But during that, you were miseducating us all along the way until we were able to go to college and see how long that miseducation has gone on. And now we choose to change and teach our children in a, in a true and proper educational manner. And we have a problem with that because now it becomes a thing that we don't want a Colin Kaepernick to stand up because we, we don't know what he might do with his next grand paycheck, which can change the economic conditions overnight. Hmm. Interesting stuff. Hey, Craig, on short notice, uh, really appreciate you jumping on and very much appreciate your perspective. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate y'all, man. Peace and blessings to you and your audience. Thanks, Craig. Craig Hodges joining us on Fox Sports Radio. You can weigh in 877-99 on Fox is the number. And coming up next, I do wonder, you know, as we go into tonight, um, based on what happens tonight and what may even happen over the next week and a half, with the career of LeBron James, does it or does it not change what he should do next? That's next. Okay, it's Fox Sports Radio, and we're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Man, things could not be more interesting. Can I say this real quick? I can't wait. I can't wait for Rob Parker to get in here today. (laughs) I can't wait. Get in here and tell me again about how predictable the NBA is. Come on. I even texted him last night. And that crazy old fart, he texts back. I'm like, do you still think it's predictable? He's like, yep, Cavs Warriors. I said, you stubborn old mule. Get out of here. We've gotten to the point where I don't know and would not be surprised by any outcome. Would you? The two underdogs are both at home, and I'm not even sure if they're supposed to be underdogs. And in fact, I don't even know if they are. What are the numbers for the games? Who's favored by two? Boston. Okay, Boston's favored. LeBron James (laughs) is the underdog. Sure he is. I can't find anybody who thinks Boston's going to win tonight. How are they favored? Who's favored tomorrow night? What's the number in that one? Because a lot the Warriors, well, it's different too with the Warriors. Because the Warriors of, are favored by six. Well, because no Chris Paul, of course. <laughs> we don't I mean, know. Do we know Chris, Chris not Paul? Playing. He's not playing. Not playing are you breaking news right now? No, I'm just saying. I mean, for him to be able to turn around that hamstring, depending on what degree it was, could he? Get, could he? I would could think, he play for ten minutes. Well, I would think that the reason why he traveled too is it probably knew. Because one thing you don't want to do from an information perspective is travel when you have. A hamstring. So, issue. in other words, you think they knew he was already out for the series? I think they do. I, I really do. For him to be there instead of be resting and be off of it, think about it. Okay, you say he's just sitting around, but yeah, he has to get up, get on the bus, off and on the bus during the game, sit around. He's, he's on moving. the sideline and he's, he's moving. moving. He's not at home resting it. Steph, in fact, at one point fell into his yeah. lap. So uh, on on the bench last night, you know, you could you could get hurt just sitting there. Yeah. So I don't think. And again, this is not something that I know for sure, and it's not breaking news. But yeah. I don't think the 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 mindset of him traveling and he wanted to do it, yeah, allows him to be okay. Let's say he wants to play ten minutes. How effective is he really going to be? I don't know. Because I'm going right at him. I'm going right at Chris Paul to yes. see if he can defend, and it's then defense. he won't give you the same kind of push. So, right. yeah, my clue was when they examined him. They came out immediately. So what morning would this have been? The game was it was Thursday uh, night. Wait, wait. Thursday night, Saturday night. Friday. So this is Friday morning. Yep. Immediately the Rockets are like, he's out for game six. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. 
Contrast that with the way the Warriors are handing Iguodala. He keeps going through shoot-around, game time, game time, game time, and no, he can't play. But they're holding out. The Rockets immediately stated 48 hours before tip-off, he's out. So if you can project already that you know two days from now he won't play, that tells me we're talking about a serious injury. Talking about a serious injury here. So, okay, I have no idea what's going to happen. NBA is predictable, guy. Just go sit in the corner for a few, okay? Take a lap. Take a breath. The rest of us are going to watch the games and enjoy it. And uh, take a lap. And if it ends up Cavs-Warriors, I still dispute you. I still dispute you that this is a predetermined piece of cake, easy. We've got two Game 7s on the road. On the road. The NBA doesn't get better than this. Sports doesn't get better than this. Sports does not get better than this. It's unbelievable that you think about this coming in. The two teams you figure would be in the finals, both were um, the away team in regards to not having home court advantage at the beginning. Boston in its in its day not having their main play. I'm not I'm not even gonna say Gordon Hayward because he didn't play the year anyway. So played a quarter, right? Kyrie and where, but I do think it makes it more intriguing. That's the word I always use because. The drama of can LeBron get will his team to another finals? Can Golden State Warriors defeat a Houston team that kind of tried to build themselves to beat Golden State? And then you add into the fact now, Chris Ball gets hurt. So it's more drama. Can they do it without him? It looked like for about two quarters, they could. You know what I mean? Yes. But so I, I just think that drama, like you talked about, do we ultimately end up with Cleveland and Golden State? Maybe. But Maybe. how we got there is Come a on. lot di- hell of a lot different than what happened in you know the previous year. If they both win a road game seven, oh, man. Are you Come on, man. Me? You talk, it's I crazy, mean, bro. No, it's it's so good this weekend that yep. I am willing to potentially have an argument with my family. It it is Memorial Day weekend. This is supposed to be about the family. Everybody's barbecue, there's gonna be <laughs> swimming pools. Mark, you should finally dial out. You should spend some time with the kids. Here are their names. Uh, you know, <laughs> all of that stuff. And I'll be like, yeah, but, but the game. But the, the game. <laughs> but it's game seven. Like, hey, what do you want me to do? I can't get in the pool at 530 tonight. No. Are you kidding get me? Get a floating pool. I mean, can't you get a TV that floats in the pool? I don't know. I mean. <laughs> are you, you got speakers that could do it. This is a mess. Um, you know what I mean? Get a, get, a, get a TV that floats in the pool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you connect it to that's surround it, sound outside is, and play it. such a former NBA player's perspective. Right, yeah. Oh, gee, what a problem. You got underground, you yeah. got underwater cameras. Call someone to bring a 55-inch flat screen over that's floatable. <laughs> that's right, that's floatable. Oh, yeah, okay, no problem. Um, trust me, it's out there. All right, I'm sure it is. Could, could you give me a credit card number, please? I, I got you. All right, thank you. I appreciate that. All right, um, okay, what should LeBron do next? Michael Thompson, I call him Clay's dad, next. Okay, Clay's dad in just a second. Mark Willard, Jim Jackson, Fox Sports Radio Live. Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. We were just talking about it. Most people I know, like, exclude the fan bases of the four teams. Like, just X them out. Because if you're a fan, you don't make sense in this whole thing. But most of everybody else, general NBA fan, this is what I hear. You hear it in the NFL, too. I'm sick of the Patriots. Let's get some new blood in there. Okay, new blood guy. Tuesday morning, we've got a date. I want to talk to each and every one of you. 
There are a lot of you, so we'll have to do a conference call. But I want to talk to all of you, and I want you to truly tell me that you're going to make plans for game one between Houston and Boston. You're going to invite people over. You're going to make food. You're going to get wine and beer. And you are going to genuinely, truly be excited (laughs) to watch the Rockets play the Celtics. I call BS. (laughs) I call BS. Hey, I was saying this. Remember, New Jersey, San Antonio. No, actually, I don't remember. That's my point. (laughs) I don't. The lowest rating since tape delay for the NBA Finals. But you want something different. LeBron, Kyrie, on, KD, man. Steph, Clay, you want, you Draymond. Want to see star. Unless you're outside those markets, if you're inside those <laughs> markets of Boston and and um, Houston, I get it. But outside of that, me, I want to see stars. I want to see intrigue. I want to see drama. I want to see competition. I want to see all the storylines that go along with it because that makes the game the build up to it. This it just does it. Um, he's got two rings. So does his son. Um, his son is going to stay at two unless he does again tomorrow night. What he did last night. Michael Thompson, uh, former Laker, Laker radio analyst, joins us now live, Fox Sports Radio. Michael, I know that you, I mean, do you have any fingernails left? This has got to be crazy for you, but I want to know. So after the game, Clay's got a history of these elimination game, uh, you know, freakout performances, and he was asked, were you born for this? And at first he goes, I don't know if I was born for this. And then he goes, yeah, maybe I was born for this. You were actually part of birthing him. Do you <laughs> do you believe he was born for this? Yeah, I kind of think he was because, you know, I mean, it's, I don't want to come off like a bragging father, but, you know, I mean, you guys are good athletes as, as, uh, when you were growing up too as kids, and I was always a good athlete. And his, his mother is three times the athlete that I am or was. So uh, when you have those kind of genes, then, uh, you know, and you, you're born healthy, yeah, you have a very good chance to be a very good athlete if you – have the passion for a sport uh, when you uh, discover it as a kid. Well, Mike, do you, and, and again, I'm a father, had a son that played not at the level of which Clay's playing, but at times, do you think Clay's play gets underappreciated, even though he gets the accolades and even though things happen, but sometimes it seems like the media and people forget about how important Clay is to this team? Yeah, and that that uh, tends to happen when you're playing with two surefire first uh, ballot Hall of Famers, two of the greatest players to ever play this game, are Steph and uh, Kevin Durant, and you've got a, a personality that's uh, Muhammad Ali-like and Draymond Green, uh, the attention he draws to himself in a good way. Uh, so it's easy to get overlooked on this team when you're playing with three talents and personality like that. But uh, and that doesn't bother me so much that, um, you know, the play isn't going to be uh, – maybe written about as much as those three guys, because those three guys deserve it. What bothers me is when the so-called experts uh, overlook him for all-NBA or all-defense, and they just uh, don't see his all-around play on both ends of the floor. That's the time it bothers me. Michael Thompson joining us. Michael, what do you see when you watch him? Because last night in the second half, to me, that's what I'd been waiting for three games to see, which was them kind of getting their mojo back and looking like themselves, but how do you do that? How do you how do you carry that over when you're watching the games and they went through a two game stretch of not looking like themselves? What were you saying to the television set? Well, and I watch the Warriors play. They don't pass, get Clay his shots. Don't get him involved in the offense. When he just goes and stands in the corner, it frustrates me. 
they should run plays for Clay on every possession, even if he doesn't get the ball. You know, his gravity sort of brings two defenders with him when he comes off screens, and that opens up the lane for rolls to the basket for their centers. And they're big guys, the way that Capella gets in the basket for the Rockets. So when you involve Clay, even if he's not going to take the shot, but just keep him and use him more as a decoy, that opens up the floor for other guys and encourages the ball to be moved more and gets your offense more of a flow. When Clay comes down and just stands in the corner, you're just playing into your opponent's hands because he's such a threat on offense coming off the screens or just moving without the ball that it keeps the defense off balance. And when they bring him down the floor and he just stands for 18 seconds and watches, that does the Warriors a disservice. Uh, Michael, for Clay, I'm going to go back to his stoic personality. When he was younger, then it's twofold. Was he like that in regards to when Christmas time came and he got the gift? Did he ever get excited? Did he ever change his demeanor? And and does that help him in regards to his being even keeled to not be so emotional that in games like we saw the other day, that allows him to perform at a high level? Yeah, when he was a kid, a little toddler like all of our other kids. Yeah, he was excited when he got his Ninja Turtles, or, you know, with all his toys with his brothers. He was, he was the middle kid, but Michael was always bigger than him. And even though Trace was uh, younger than Clay by 13 months, he still he was always a bigger kid, bigger physically than Clay. So Clay was sort of stuck in the middle, and whenever his brothers wanted to take his toys, you know, he couldn't do anything about it. So he had to learn to keep his uh, composure. But uh, and then when you see him play now. Yeah, you know, he, he sort of maintains a nice even keel. Obviously, yesterday he was very excited because it was an elimination game. But usually, if he's having, if he's shooting five for twenty or if he's fifteen for twenty, he kind of keeps the same, uh, same focus, the same composure. You know, because a lot of the histrionics stuff and guys are, are making shots and they're putting up three fingers and they're doing all these uh, crazy actions. You know, I like it when guys. Like how, you know, it's okay to have emotion, but I like it when Clay is cool. If he gets on, like, he hits eight in a row and he just keeps the same demeanor. He does not doing all his histrionics and stuff. It makes it look like, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, so I'm not going to act like a knucklehead. I love that you have a son who is an NBA star and he's like 6'7", 230, and you're like, he was the Small. little, he was the little, little one of the three. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Michael, Michael, if they don't win tomorrow night, what's the offseason like? Misery. Are you kidding me? Misery for the Rockets, too. Misery for the Cavs or the Celtics, whoever loses tonight. You come this far, uh, and you are expected to win. Now, you know, other teams have lost in the playoffs, you know, the previous rounds. The Blazers, uh, the Indiana Pacers, Washington Wizards, teams like that, and they're disappointed. But they weren't expected to win. That's a big difference. When you are expected to win, because I've been in this situation, too, and you fail, I don't care what you did in all regular season. I don't care what you do the rest of your life. It'll haunt you forever. And if the, if the Warriors fail t- tomorrow night, it'll be a miserable offseason because, sure, getting to the playoffs, some teams will be thrilled to just get to the Eastern, to the conference finals. But when you're the favorites and are expected to win and expected to be a dynasty in the past and going forward, if you don't accomplish the mission, man, it is pure misery and haunts you forever. Michael, going into tomorrow's game, and, and, and this Golden State team has been through this, this type of criticism that in their first championship, they faced teams that, you know, they were missing their key guys due to injury. Now you go into Game 7 against Chris Paul, less Houston Rockets. They win the game, but is there a stigma? Is there a, uh asterisk by that because they say, well, Chris Paul didn't play, so Golden State once again was the lucky team? You know, for me personally, yes, it does put a damper on it when you don't have a Hall of Famer. 
like a Chris Paul when he's missing the action uh, tomorrow if the Warriors win. But it seems like history doesn't care because you got to remember, because if, if it cared, every time you guys talked about Isaiah Thomas's Detroit Pistons, you would go, yeah, they won, but. But nobody ever says but. But do you guys remember when they beat uh, the, the, the Lakers in 1990, I believe it was, who was missing? Do you guys remember that? You guys, do you? No. See, there you go. You see? That's, <laughs> that's what ticks me off. You know, we, we, only, we only were playing without our backcourt. Magic Johnson and Byron Scott missed the final. How about that, huh? Well, I would, I would remember, Michael, if I wasn't. I, I mean, like, I couldn't even drive yet. So, you know, I was I just like a little re- kid. You, you can read, Kenny. You can Google. How about that? Oh, like, who like, reads? Like, Come on. Like Shaquille says, Google him. <laughs> that's why the Pistons swept us. We lost our backcourt. Right. We didn't have our backcourt for the finals, but nobody cares about that. So why should we care if somebody else is missing? <laughs> it's a good point. It's I a good love point. it, Mike. Hey, you know what, Michael? This is fascinating. So uh, the story came out a couple of weeks ago, something that you have said repeatedly for years now, and you and I have had this conversation multiple times. Your son just doesn't want to leave. Everybody else seems to want him to leave, certainly here in L.A., but he doesn't want to leave. And therefore, he's kind of the poster child of this idea of a dynasty staying together and coexisting, and that is really hard. Iconic players all getting along. What's the status of that? Are they all getting along? How is it going with all four of them? Yeah, they got great. They really have good chemistry up there. There's no jealousy between the four of those guys. They all know that they have a chance to win multiple championships. All have a chance to be in the Hall of Fame, and uh, so they are not worrying about who's getting all the attention. Because if you win enough, everybody gets enough attention. So, so who cares who gets the glory for one series to the next or one year to the next? Because you all benefit from winning. And uh, as far as getting along on and off the court, those four guys are great. Michael. Okay, take the father out of this. Huh. You're the financial guy. Clay taking less money to stay, you know, right now if he signs right now, or big boy money. Um, I got my big boy pants on. So <laughs> I guess, you know, come on, come on, man. Well, I'm just, I'm just, especially if they win. If they win the third, does that make the decision a lot easier? Listen, man, you know, uh, we all, you know, you got to be careful how you answer this. But, I know. Uh, That's why I asked it. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's, let's put it this way. Um, patience is a virtue. So <laughs> okay. no, no, reason, no reason to rush into anything. Let's just leave it at that. Okay, Michael, Michael, <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this. Like a father. Here's, well, not only that, but here's a point that I've made repeatedly, which is that there's an unspoken value of playing your entire career in one jersey especially in the technology center of the universe. What do you think that is, and is that something he thinks about? Like the money he'll make after his career's over if he wins, I don't know, four or five, maybe more rings, and spends his whole career in one jersey. Well, yeah, that's all, that's all plays into it. That's all a part of the benefits of being up there in Silicon Valley or close to it and being in the, in the Bay Area and moving over to San Francisco in a beautiful new arena. All that, all that uh, factor, all that plays into it, of course. Uh, I keep telling Craig, man, you got to find the next Mark Zuckerberg up there and jump it on the ground floor. Because <laughs> those guys are just everywhere. Exactly. Well, yeah. all over Silicon, somebody's you got somebody up there going to come up with a new app. So I always tell Craig, find out who that nerd is. Yeah. Start telling you want to <laughs> jump in. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell you, I'll, I'll go into business with your son if he wants. Um, uh, Michael, 
Always great to hear you. Thank you for doing it. And uh, hang in there tomorrow night, man. This is going to be a journey now. Yeah, well, tomorrow night the key is, fellas, in that first quarter, obviously the Warriors can't come out like they did in game six. So the key in that first quarter is watch Clay and Steph. If they come out and knock down their shots, that's a great sign for the Warriors. Yep, yep, always. Hey, Michael, thanks, bud. Thanks, Mike. Okay. Appreciate it, brother. All right, there he goes. Michael Thompson, love it, or, man. as I've now I called him it, for about three or four years, he's Clay's dad. Uh, yeah, man, you uh, you boxed him right up. He was up against the ropes there. Got to ask a qu- tough question. That's what we do here. We ask the tough questions. <laughs> okay, Alex Marvez in 15 minutes. And coming up next, this is going to be really bad news for Cleveland. Uh, I'll tell you what it is. Coming up. Man, Michael was good. That was that was fun. We're I live love in it, man. Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. That is a really close knit family, and you heard him talk about. It. You know, you were asking him about what Christmas was like <laughs> with their kids. That's so funny. He's like, "Yeah, Trace. He's got his older brother was bigger, and Trace was always built bigger." I'm like, "What the hell kind of giraffes are you growing down yeah. there, man?" Clay was the little one, you know, and his, so his youngest brother is a baseball player that's bounced around a bunch this year. Um. And then the oldest one, you know, made the D League, and I think now is uh, you know moving into the uh, into the business world, and they all remain really, really tight. They're all really, really tight. I so love it, man. But really I, I mean, cool it goes family. back to the family, though. It goes back to the mother and father. How you set kind of the the mantra of the family, who we are, how we support each other, um, and that's why parenting is so critical, especially in young age. Think about the habits we have, good or bad, the beliefs, things like that we picked up when we were younger. In our formative years, you know, that, you know, th- four, five, six, seven, eight, you know, that's when we really begin to form our personality and a lot of our thought processes, how we treat people, how we react came from what we saw in the household. You know what I mean? So from a parenting perspective, that's why I say it's so important when children are young that what you expose them to, you don't think it's a big deal, but later in their life, they come back and they have these beliefs, these personalities, and it started from there. It's really interesting. You and I were just talking about this 10 minutes ago during a break, and uh, you look at some of the players now and <clears throat> the characteristics that we pin on them, whether it be you know LeBron and Kevin Durant, for instance, uh, they, they feel whatever you say about them. They right. They've both gone through periods where they're like, I don't want to be the the bad guy, and they've had to learn how to be the bad guy. Both simply because they chose different cities to do their work, mm-hmm. and that made them the bad guy. And they had to wear that, and they've struggled with that. And you were bringing up something really interesting about, uh, you know, what you notice in the behavior of some of these alpha adult males. And it's based on their childhood. Well, it is, and I just and I thought about this too because <clears throat> growing up, like I've been around it a lot, and I said this about um, particular athletes who, and men in general too, who were raised by a single mother. Okay, and not that it's not great, like Kevin Durant and Allen Iverson and, and LeBron James. Look what they've been able to accomplish. I mean, unbelievable. And their moms did a, I mean, amazing job. As a single mother raising it. But what I was saying was that the absence of a strong male in a young boy's life is it opens up from a perspective of the male being a little bit more sensitive. And the reason why I say that is because the mother's by nature is to nature to be able to coddle a little bit more. Sure. 
um, a young man. Okay, there's nothing wrong with it, but I think a young man then taps into his sensitive side a little bit more a lot earlier in his life because he's opening it because he sees that from his mom. So as you get older, these guys are a little bit more sensitive to criticism, um, to what people say. Um, they are a little bit more emotional. You see KD be emotional. Yep. You see LeBron be emotional. You see, they say, well, Allen Iverson. I said, no, Allen Iverson should cry. He'll, he'll shed some tears. Isaiah Thomas will shed some tears. Be, you know, raised by their mother, grandmother, stuff like that. Stephen Clay's face looks like it doesn't change. It, because it doesn't matter what happened. Michael Jordan? You think what Russell Westbrook cares mm-hmm. about anything? Uh, Kobe Bryant. You know, the list goes on and on. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But when we're talking about just psychologically why some men are more sensitive, and I'm not saying that it's 100% sure. Some guys that have a father figure are still sensitive. But when you look at the cases of guys that grew up without that strong male figure in the household, they're, they're a little bit more emotional, I think, than guys that, 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 that do. I know guys who played with Clay Thompson in high school, and they are shocked at the way this all turned out because they looked at him. He had a nice upbringing. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad are still together today. There was right. money. And... Uh, they're like, he's soft. He's soft. And he's not soft. He's not soft. And Michael, who also comes across fun personality, really nice, salt-of-the-earth type human being, he comes across as somebody who is like, well, this isn't going to be somebody who is running around spanking his kids and not paying attention to him." And he wasn't. But here's what I do know also about Michael. Like, here's a little tidbit. Because uh, Michael and I did a show together when I was first having children. And so we would get into talks all the time about how to raise boys. Right. And he would tell me, for instance, he's like, there needs to be a time earlier than when you think. He's like, you better stop letting them win on the basketball court now. You better do not, you do, do not go to the driveway and let that kid win. Okay, when they're five, sure, this is just for fun. But I have an 11-year-old son right now. No, 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 I'm not, no, 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 son, you don't get to win because in a few years you're going to win. That's what's going to happen. My back's going to start hurting. You're going to get taller. You're going to start making shots and that's fine. I look forward to that day. I can't wait till the day he finally beats me and I was actually trying, but until then, no. And, and that tells me like, that's what Michael did with those boys. And that's what it, it creates some toughness. Clay has a lot more. You see it in games oh, like man. last night. Yeah. He has so much more toughness than you realize by just looking at him. Well, you look at Clay because, again, we we paint the picture. Again, he's light skinned, got good hair, got a good family. So he's soft. He's from the suburbs. He, I mean, you, I get it. And he's had to deal with that too, along with his other brothers. He had to deal with that stigma. You don't think he heard it when he was in high school that he saw that he had to prove it when he came into the league? Oh yeah, and dudes want to try to go at him. So. In his mind, he had to be able, not through talk, you know, some guys want to have that bravado out there. Uh, he D's you up, he plays physical, mm. and he does it without kind of throwing it in your face, but he makes you pay. And I love the fact that that gives him, no matter how, you think, I, I look at Clay, how much he accomplishes is always a but there that people want to say. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be. And I think he thrives and lives off of that. That well, continues I mean, to give him more motivation to continue to do 
you know, greater things. People talking about him being one of the best players of all time that wasn't the best player on his team. He's now on a team right now where he's not considered one of the best two players. I know. He's definitely the best but, three but he, of all. But here's a question, time, though. right? And I think this is a great debate. Or, or is com- it worthy? I mean, it's got to be. It's him and worthy, right? Yeah. What worthy? Think about what Stockton won. But he was he was the second best player, wasn't he? Stockton yeah. him alone. So you saying third? Third best player on his team, like, at least. I mean, that's what people would say, right? Yeah. Well, worthy. Well, because you have Magic Kareem. Magic worthy. Kareem worthy. What about? Uh, Give me another three that's in that conversation. Would Mikhail be considered a three? Or t- I don't know. You, you know what I mean? Because yeah, you Bird, Parrish, Mikhail. Mikhail. Yeah. You know what I mean? Was Parrish better than Mikhail? Was Mikhail better than Parrish? Um, I'm trying to think what the Pistons is really. Because they, they moved. They're, 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 when they won, they had different lineups with different I mean, Worthy's the only one that, I, yeah, that, yeah, that pops to my mind yeah, where I'm like, third, we can have like that conversation. Guy. Yes. But here, here's a question, too. And maybe we talk about this with Clay. As talented as he is, is he a number one option? Can he lead a team? Can, he, can you bring him in as the main guy to get you to where you need to be I, in first competing I, for a championship? I actually think he would say no thanks. But that wasn't the question. No, so no, but okay. I I don't think, and I don't think he thinks that. I don't think he wants that burden because people don't understand what that burden is. I always think Clay was almost traded for Kevin Love one day. Yeah, I think it would look the exact same thing as it did with Kevin Love. Lots of great box scores and no playoff games. That's what I think Clay could do. Well, people, that's why he doesn't want to leave. Well, yeah, Edward, people, oh, I know what, Laker fans. Come on, Clay. That's why he doesn't want to leave. What? He wants to play with Steph Curry. Well, also, too, <laughs> being number one is a lot more than just scoring points. Yes. Okay? That's answering all the questions, taking all of the heat, being able to step up in the right times. Being It's so much more than just coming up. A lot of guys average 20 points, 25 points. But how does that impact really winning and leading a team? And that's the difference between being and one. And I, and I was talking to some friends the other day. I said, honestly, in the league, put it on your hand. How many guys are a true number one? That could that lead could to a lead title. you get you. I said, think about it. We only currently know of three in the whole league. Right. That's all we know. LeBron's LeBron. done it. Kevin's done it. Uh-huh. Steph's Steph done, done it. it. You three. Know, that's three. So – all the other great players we have, do you really say, Paul George, I put you in the Lakers? No. Okay? Nope. We'll find out about James Anthony, tomorrow What about night. Anthony Davis? Not yet. He didn't win a playoff game but, until but, this but, year. But that's what I'm saying. So yeah. look at the top ten players. Yep. Yep. Okay? And everybody wants this, this number one. And I said, you, you're making it too complicated. It's only if it's only a small few that can actually do it. Kawhi has kind of sort of done it. No, nah, but he he didn't lead his team. He was the MVP. But he didn't lead them. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. put you put him on the I put him on Cleveland right now. Well, and no. ain't gonna happen. That's, no, but that's my point. There's nobody other than LeBron you can put on that. Well, team but that's my point. Okay. All right, Alex Marvez <laughs> in a minute. We'll get back to this. I do have the bad news for Cleveland because by the way, uh, it has to do with LeBron this summer. Uh, that's coming up. But Alex Marvez in just a minute. David Gascon right now with the latest. Uh, David, I'm watching the Cavs-Celtics right now on the TV in front of me. 
Oh, that's a replay. Never mind. That's, that's, that's a, I bet that, you know who won. Yeah, that was <laughs> which game was that? That was that was game five. Game yeah, five. Game five. Okay. I, I, Celt- I got the Celtics in this game. I hope it's not foreshadowing because that's like a double digit leader. Yeah, right yeah Boston, they're up right? by eighteen right yeah. now. <laughs> I hope yeah. it's not the case. The other TV you're on that you failed to disclose: Yankees and Angels. Yes. Shohei Otani was watched by Aroldis Chapman right now, so he's at first base. Well, I'm mad about this game. Shohei Otani was supposed to be the starting pitcher in this game. But they're babying. They're coddling him. They're letting him win on the driveway, David. <laughs> That's what they're doing. Hey, can you blame him? Shohei the money, man. Hey, he at least batted today. Now, he didn't do much with the stick right now. Yankees are in front 3-1 to one in this one. But they have the tying run up to bat right now with one man on and one out in the top of the ninth inning. Other scores around the diamond mentioned the Nationals earlier today. Swinging a long drive down the right field line toward the corner. This one is crushed, and it is a... Home run for Harper, just inside the foul pole, out onto the concourse, down the right field line. Harper hits it out of sight. Home run number 16. The Nationals lead 3 to nothing. Yeah, Nationals Radio Network, that was his 16th home run of the season. Washington completes a three-game sweep of the Marlins, 5-2. to two. Tough luck today for Trevor Bauer, at least so far. See, Bauer went seven and one-thirds innings, had nearly a career high, had 13 strikeouts, left leading, and then Evan Marshall came in with runners on board and gave up the lead. So Bauer was charged with four runs. Marshall gave up another three. It was all a part of a six-run outburst for Houston, and right now they lead eight to six. Cleveland has scored three times in the bottom of the ninth inning. They also have two runners on and one out in this affair. Braves just wrapped up things with the Red Sox, seven to one. Rays eight, Orioles three. Indy 500 earlier today. Will Power was your winner. Danica Patrick did not even finish. She crashed. She was in 17th place at the time. Then, of course, the Eastern Conference Finals finally conclude tonight with a Game 7. We hope it's a good one. Spread right now is Boston 2.5, Celtics and Cavaliers. Huh. Tip-off time is at 8.30 Eastern. No Kevin Love for Cleveland. Ooh. Jeff Green gets a start. Jim will break out the cigar. Ooh. I don't know who he's rooting for, though. Ooh. I'm rooting for a great game. But I, <laughs> I'm rooting for my prediction to be right, which was Cleveland, Cleveland. to be in the final. All right, yeah. all right. We'll see what happens, yeah. gentlemen. All right. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Geico.com or call 800-947. Auto only. Hard part figuring out which way is easier. Uh, let's jump off the Cavs for a second and jump in with Alex Marvez. Sirius XM NFL at Twitter at Alex Marvez. Alex, always love connecting with you on the weekend. Hope all has been well. So, um... I said this yesterday, Alex. What do you think? I mean, we live in a world of unintended consequences, and the NFL certainly stepped into that. So if the whole idea was, let's finally put this issue to bed <laughs> and shut these guys up, well, whoops, that's that's not what this is going to do, is it? No, this seemed to have the opposite effect of that. <laughs> right. And I think, you know, and it's amazing, too, that, that this wasn't walked through much better than what we ended up getting here as a rule. First, I've yet to see anyone, whether online or in a column or in a radio diatribe or whatever, you know, say that this was a good idea by the NFL. There are so many flaws to the policy that, they've, that they're enacting. And then again, guys, we don't even know what the rules are going to look like. There's nothing for the NFL Players Association to file grievance against as a violation of the Labor Pact because there's nothing on paper. We have Roger Goodell say there was a, there was a unanimous vote to approve these measures. There was no vote taken, according to Seth Wick 
Wickersham of ESPN. It also wasn't unanimous because we had Mark Davis, uh, I believe, abstained uh, from this type of vote. I mean, so you're t- it's just what a real mess right now for the NFL. And listen, it's like, okay, if you don't want people talking about the anthem, maybe the way to do it would have been this. It's real simple. Guys don't come out before the opening kickoff. You go back to the pre-2009 rules. And you could say, oh, okay, well, you know, you, you know, there's going to be blowback from that as well. But I just think that the league, and, and this to me was a matter of really Jerry Jones, who really wants his players out there wrapping themselves in the American flag, doing the national anthem. And I'm not disrespecting the anthem by any means, okay? But I'm just saying this was there's a lot going on behind the scenes. And what this to me was is also the owners grabbing back the individual way that they want to handle the anthem issue from the commissioner, Roger Goodell. Rather than a uniform policy, each team is now going to be able to set their own policy is what it looks like. So you may have a guy like Christopher Johnson who says, I don't care running the New York Jets. You do what you want to do. You have Jed York now who's shutting down concession stands, apparently, while the anthem's going on. You want to make an NFL fan more upset than someone taking a, a knee during the anthem? Take away their access to beer at a live event. <laughs> That's when you're going to see people go over the edge, okay? And, you know, so you're, I mean, there's some all sorts of unintended consequences here that have come with this that I just don't think the NFL really thoroughly thought this out. It just seemed like a rush procedure to me. It seems like, Alex, too, because of the perception of a poll of people who were against the players uh, kneeling, of course, that the owners themselves looked at the bottom line. How does this impact the game? We have to make a decision quickly, but it wasn't smart. How does this impact to the relations with moving forward as you come up on another collective bargaining agreement in a few <laughs> years with the players and players association? Well, you know, and, and this is where, you know, you know how good the NFL uh, basketball, you know, the NFL BA, and NBA PA, yep. I guess that's what it's called. Yeah, that's uh, it. Is, uh, you know, what a strong union that is and right. how they actually solicit the input of players and how you have top players in the league who are union officials. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the NBA doesn't do things in a vacuum. And listen, there were players wearing shirts with social statements on them. They, they Everyone agreed we're going to stand for the anthem. But there also were things that they could do during that time, such as a T-shirt demonstrating a message that, that you know, may have irked some people or was just they were designed to make social change. I get that. But, you know, it was done in lockstep. Here, this was done, you know, devoid of input from the players. It was a rather draconian measure by the NFL, one that we're still not sure is completely legal, not only, by the way, from an NFL Players Association standpoint, Standpoint, but also in the court of law uh, that's happening here. So, you know, listen, the environment is so toxic right now between the players and the NFL ownership. It's not going to change. And I think the thing that you're seeing now, though, the only way the NFLPA is going to make some headway coming up with a new collective bargaining agreement is that they can build enough of a war chest, unlike what they did, they didn't do this in 2011, but have enough of a war chest available that every player will be able to collect their base salary for the 2021 NFL season based upon what it is that was saved by the NFLPA. So you'll get your salary. That's it. Now we're just, you know, we want to play, but you'll have enough money to get by for an entire season that year if we're going to skip football. And then we'll see if the owners want to come to the table and then try to make some more concessions on this going forward. The other thing about this, guys, it was about eight players at the end that were still doing something during the national anthem. Eight of about, what, 1,500 guys right. that are active every week, and yet they've been able to, to make this type of statement. And, you know, hot-button issue. It's funny, but is this – the funny part, too, guys, is this new legislation going to bring any NFL fans back? I mean, have you heard, like, I mean, has there no. been this outgrowing of folks like, oh, yeah, you know, wow, I wasn't watching the NFL the past two seasons, but no, I'm, I'm coming back now, you know, because I really love the way this is being handled. No, now, I, yeah, no, there wasn't, there actually wasn't that many people who left in the first place, but there might be now. I have heard that. Uh, Alex, I got a different movement for you. Uh, it's changing OTAs to no TAs. So, 
Uh, all you have are stars using this as a tool to show a team that they're ticked. Oh, and by the way, you also have a couple of torn ACLs. Why are we even still doing this? Well, I mean, look, it's off-season practice. And, you know, one of the reasons is because, okay, here's what you do. Since you practice throughout the year, you don't have those six, six-week training camps that you used to have back in the day, right, in the 1970s, 1980s, where you'd say, okay, guys, we're not going to see you for the off-season. You're going to report as early as mid-July, and then we're going to exercise like crazy to get you into shape. Oh, and by the way, we're going to play six preseason games. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was back in the day, and I'm not saying that they would do that now, but really that's one of the trade-offs, I think, to having these truncated you know, preseasons. Because, look, the NFL training camp isn't what it once was. You have one-a-day practices. You're not grinding guys. The contact is so limited. You have to have a day off every five days. I mean, it's, it's completely radically different. That's why you have the OTAs. And, you know, for young players, you want them to, to understand what your team has as a culture, what your weightlifting program is like. You want them to be around the veterans so they get to know you can build up some things. I mean, listen, it's horrible when a guy like Hunter Henry goes down with the, with the knee injury. And, of course, you're right about, about players trying to use it to send a statement that they're unhappy with their current contracts. But I actually am not against the OTA program. You know, the thing is, what's interesting is with them making it 10 weeks long, it's shorter than it's ever been you really don't even do anything for the first two weeks of the ota program you're lifting weights i mean some a lot of nfl coaches will tell you it's too short a period of time and it's led to a disintegration of techniques as far as tackling goes fundamentals things like that that may have led to a higher injury rate in some ways so it's all you know but again the nflpa wanted that that was part of their bargaining strategy in 2011 was to have lighter off-season workouts they've gotten their wish but hey if mark t willard was representing them no off-season <laughs> that's workouts. right everybody was- have a corona and relax exactly <laughs> Um, hey, Alex, real quick, we got like 30 seconds. Is Des Bryant playing football this year or what? Yeah, he'll play. Just listen, I hate to sound morbid here. It might be an injury situation. You know, it might be a team, once the OTAs happen, and here's a value to this, you're able to see what talent you have on your team of wide receivers. So maybe the Green Bay Packers say these rookies can't help us. They decide to go with Des Bryant because the Packers did draft three wide receivers. Injury happens. Hey, maybe we need to bring Des Bryant into the fold, or maybe a team just likes him. But, guys, I'll tell you, I just right now for Des, a rude awakening as to what his value is in free agency. Mm. Interesting mm. stuff. Hey, Alex, thank you. Awesome. Go Celtics. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> got that in there. Uh, all right, Alex Marvez, Sirius XM NFL, joining us. Mark Willer, Jim Jackson, Fox Sports Radio. Coming up next, uh, we found last night another massive sports star mirroring LeBron. I think there was some foreshadowing here. We'll explain next. Progressive's new Home Quote Explorer makes it easier to protect what you love. Just go online, compare quotes, and choose what's right for you. Progressive.com is your home for all things home insurance. Cristiano Ronaldo. I didn't even know. I didn't even know. He's about to film the decision, too. I didn't even know this. I like soccer, but I'm not, like, in it. Yep. So, Champions League, they win last night, Real Madrid. (laughs) Ronaldo says, after the game, quote, it's been very nice Uh playing for Real Madrid. Yeah. (laughs) And I started thinking about this. I go, what if LeBron... What if they win this thing and the confetti is falling? Oh, so now Ronaldo Ronaldo is staying. All right, great. So, but it, you know, 
I don't know if there was something lost in translation with the way the quote came out or whatever. He immediately said after he said it, now don't he goes, now don't read into that. Yeah. Don't read into that, but it's been really it's been really nice. Come on. Man. I mean, how do you, <laughs> what how do you, you not come read on, into man? it? How do you right, not read into exactly, it? Exactly, like LeBron. All right, so LeBron wins the championship in a week and a half and he comes out and goes, Hey, this is we're really excited about what we just achieved. It's been really nice playing for mm-hmm. Cleveland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> come back and win two titles. No, don't read anything into that. Yeah, right. So here's what I want to ask you. I think everybody almost feels like if they lose tonight, he has to go. He don't have to. He's got to go. He don't have to. I mean, they're limited in regards to what they can get to build the team to really do it. That's the issue. What teammate can he have Um, if he stays? Okay, what if somehow, like Chris Paul doesn't play, the Rockets win? Like, what if the Cavs win the championship? What would you do? Well, is it an easier out for him? I, I brought you two. What all we can do? We got an eighth. We got an eighth pick. We don't have a lot of flex and cap space. Can't get free agents. I'm tired. <laughs> right. You know, I'm exhausted, you, man. You know, our roster. It's tough. Maybe it's time. Why not? I mean, I, I don't know if he's in a lose situation. If they win it, he got an out because he brought them two. If he loses, he has an out because they can't structurally build the team. But I don't – but if they lose, does it look like he's running again like they did? You know, I know. I, I think people get it this time. Yeah. It's different. He's is already, it different? He's all, yes, he's already brought a title mm-hmm. to Cleveland, and people look at this roster and they're like, yeah, I get it. I get it. Kyrie left. Kyrie left first. That's big. The other star left first. Now – that's what I was thinking about, though. The common thought is, if he wins, he stays. And I'm thinking, mm. no, he's got to go no matter what. I love the way you just said it. It reminded me of, remember Tommy Lee Jones and the Fugitive? Remember when he finally finds him? Yeah. And they're just looking at each other, and they just have sheepish grins on his face. And he's like, you know what? I'm really tired. Yeah. I'm that really was glad. That was this, great. I'm yeah. tired. I'm really glad that this is over now. Like, that has to be going through LeBron's mind whenever the final game happens, whether it's a loss tonight, whether it's a loss in the next round, or even if it's a win. You know, I'm really tired, and I'm really glad this is over. He ha- Listen, first and foremost, because I support guys playing wherever the hell they want to play, LeBron, KD, whatever, I, I, I want LeBron to play wherever the hell he wants to play. But if I were him, I don't see how... Cleveland can build a roster that would be as good as Philadelphia or the Lakers. That's it. I, no, wait, Boston or Milwaukee. Okay, well, now I can go to Boston. No, I'm saying I'm talking about build a roster that could beat those teams. Right. That's I what mean, I'm you, saying. You, not with Cleveland. No. But he could with Philly. Yeah. He definitely could with Philly. And, and the Lakers, I like that roster, especially if Paul George comes along with him. The Rockets, I'm not sure what they could keep alongside Harden, Paul, and LeBron. I don't know if there'd be any other NBA players on the team. But um, those are all rosters that you can't create with the Cavs. So much we're talking about LeBron's legacy, everybody on the outside. At the end of the day, is he really thinking about that? In regards to if he goes somewhere else, you know, it ruins his legacy. If he goes somewhere to another team, and try, we're all thinking that. But how much does that play into LeBron's 
mindset and psyche. You well, see what I'm saying? Sure. He's going to be great. End of the day, as you get further away from this time period, the narrative changes. Of course. Right now, we're living in a moment where it's, no, it's this, this. But later on, you get further away from it, you forget about that because you, you, you zero in on what's really important. In the moment, mm-hmm. the word legacy should never be used, but it always is. Always. This goes back to what I said at the beginning of the show where LeBron is judged possession by possession. Oh, Kevin left Oklahoma City. That ruins his legacy. Finals MVP. No, it didn't ruin his <laughs> legacy. 20 years from now, what will you look back on it and say? I promise you it'll be different than what you said in the moment. So, yeah, I don't think he needs to worry about that. I think he just needs to go find a good roster, and he can't do it in Cleveland. David Griffin is right around the corner on the show. Coming up next, Lakers, what are you doing? Don't do that. <laughs> out out of the concourse. Down the right field line. Harper hits it out of sight. Home run number 16. The Nationals lead 3 to nothing. Nationals win it by a score of 5-2. to two. They complete that three-game sweep of the Marlins as well. Braves just beat the Red Sox 7-1. to one. Astros and Indians are now tied 8 apiece. Cleveland scored six times in the ninth inning just to force extra innings. For a complete scoreboard, hit us up, FoxSports.com. I'm David Gascon. We're going to get to the Laker thing in just a second, and in about 15 minutes, former Cavs GM David Griffin is going to join us live on Fox Sports Radio. Jim Jackson, Mark Willard, glad you're with us. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Hope that you got us on in the backyard and the barbecue is flowing and everybody's flopping around in the pool. That's my hope for you. We're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. Let me say this, too. I threw this out yesterday. I wonder what you think. To me, um, especially if LeBron and the Cavaliers were somehow to win this championship, if they were to win this championship. um, So the whole LeBron-Michael Jordan conversation, it should end right there. And I don't mean that in the way you think. It doesn't mean, oh, LeBron has officially won. It means we've got to stop having this conversation. The reason we need to stop having the conversation is, to me, at that point, um, it's kind of like, uh, do you like to play poker? Yeah. You know when you have to declare? Are you going high or low? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's time to declare. Okay? You can either wrap up an L or an M in your hand and just close your fist around it. And then when it's time to declare, open your hand. And you're either an L guy or you're an M guy. Because if LeBron were to do this with this group and you still give me MJ six for six, it officially means, well, you're not going to change your mind. So let's just put cement blocks on our feet, and you you do that side of the fence, and everybody over here will do this side of the fence, and, uh, and let's move on because nobody is going to change their mind if he does that and they haven't already. Mm. No? No. I, I mean, if you believe what you believe, it's not going to change no matter what it is. I mean, again, it's it's tougher for me because I played against Mike. I, I played in that era. Trying to judge on these two are just totally – they're so different. The dynamics are so different. The eras are so different in which they did it. Basketball is different today. You would have an, you have an absence of a big man in the middle, mainly as guard play. The rules are different. 
So LeBron is playing in the air where he takes advantage of those opportunities and the rules, and that's why he's great, along with his skill set that allows him to achieve at a high level. Michael played under a different set of rules, different set of circumstances. He wasn't relied on as he was in his early years to carry and do everything. Mm-hmm. Once he got the help from the bench, from the coaching and the players, that allowed Michael to focus in on a couple of key areas. Unlike LeBron, that has to do everything. Now, did he have to do everything with Kyrie? No. Did he have to do everything with Dwayne and Chris Bosh? No. no. Okay. So, with this iteration of the Cleveland team, he has to do everything. So, it's just different for me. It's Kareem had a different set of circumstances playing with Magic in sure. his time. He helped Oscar Robinson win a title in Milwaukee. He gets to the Lakers. They win. The most dominant player in high school, college, and in NBA. But they're all different players. They're all different eras. And up against different things, too. I always hear, oh, the NBA is so watered down now. Michael had to go through all these different teams. Uh, he never had to go through teams like this. People go, oh, well, you know, he stopped Ewing. He stopped Barkley. He stopped Malone from winning any titles. Right. What if all three of those guys were all on the same team? That's what LeBron's up against. LeBron's up against Durant and Steph and Clay. Well, they're all on the same team. Yeah, but it's a different it, – okay, it's my thing. That's if, if we had – that Golden State team, I, it, it's hard to – because you can go both ways. Okay, if you play with the rules in the 90s and let's say you had the Knicks team that was physical, could guard, beat you up, could Golden State be effective in that system? I don't know. You wouldn't think so. Okay, but here's the thing. If the rules were today like they are – The Knicks would be terrible. Would di- the Knicks, because they couldn't shoot like that. Right. So it goes both ways. It's just like, which rules are we playing with? Okay, so yeah, maybe Mike didn't play against those three, two right. guys that were MVPs, but if the rules were like it was in the 90s, that takes away from effectiveness of what freedom of movement of what Steph really can do. Kevin Durant's a little different just because sure. he's seven foot. Yeah, there's nothing but that we've never seen. You, but like you that. see what I'm saying? It yeah. takes away from that. So it's that's why when people sit here and say definitively, it's like I'm like, you can't. Yeah, no, there is no, it's definitive. no definitive. There is no definitive. But I do <laughs> think what will be definitive at the end of this year is that Whatever it is you think, it's now definitive. There's no more. There won't be any open-minded people left. If you, if, you, if, you don't, if you don't think LeBron is up there, you just don't like him. Right. You just, 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 say, just say, I don't like LeBron. <laughs> just, just don't even That's go on. Right. My thing is like this. It may not be a player I may not like personally, but when it comes to their talent and they're talented, I, I can separate the two. It. A lot of people can't. Well, I don't like LeBron because, okay, you don't like – but I'm talking to ask you about basketball. Well, because he did this or he – I said, no, I'm asking you about basketball. Strictly basketball. The IQ of what he's been able to do, the accomplishments, put that at, put that and tell me you don't appreciate that. So maybe that's we'll, – we'll change the names of the clubs, right? There's LeBron <laughs> Club and there's the MJ Club. If LeBron wins this year, we can just have the LeBron Club and the I don't like LeBron Club. Yeah, exactly. Club. That's okay. what it is. Perfect. All right. Uh, Mark Willard, Jim Jackson, Fox Sports Radio. I can't wait for David Griffin to come on here in about 10 minutes because I would love the perspective of somebody who has been the general manager of a basketball team to find out why on earth, if you have um, 
a major investment in a player, but that player brings with him Mm. major family distraction. Why on earth would you heighten that distraction by humoring the situation, this is what the Lakers are doing? Leangelo Ball gets a workout. Why? Like, honestly, why would you do that? Why would you do that? I have no clue. Why oh, I have would a clue. you do this? Is, this is my friend is a kleptomaniac. It's July 2nd, and I'm going to grab him and go, you know what we should do? Let's go over to the fireworks shop mm-hmm. that just popped up around the corner, and let's see what happens. I mean, you you are taking the most leveraged part of the ball family structure, mm-hmm. and you are stoking the fire with gasoline. And what message does that send? That somebody still has control, some sort of control. Because remember, Levar came out and said he wanted all of his sons to play for the Lakers. Now, whether it happens or not, we know that's a highly not probable. But yet and still, but his son. Again, now, now, we've been able to leverage certain things. Hap- we've been able to leverage certain things with power in the NBA, mm-hmm. whether that's you know leveraging the contract negotiations, getting somebody in. It's always happened. Whether it's been an agent that's had need you to get a player in, whether it's been a player that's had need this, it's happened. But a lot of times it's done under the cloth of secret. Okay, make a call. Lavar has been out in public and said, this is what I want. Then you come back with this. That doesn't sit well when you look at it from the optics. On regards, oh. like, now you're trying to displease him, and, on, on, or is he really good enough? On the same day that he ripped your medical staff? Yeah, I know. I, I know, mean, man. that's what I'm talking about here. This is unprecedented. Does everybody understand that? This is unprecedented. Lavar has broken some of the most important unwritten rules in the NBA and the structure of a franchise. And he's getting rewarded for it. Not ignored, rewarded. This is stunning to me. This is Magic Johnson and Rob Palinka for the first time in my eyes, showing some sort of weakness. Michael Thompson was on our show earlier today. Michael has told me story upon story of the actual Magic Johnson. Boy, he's got a beautiful smile. But, man, in the locker room during the playoffs, Magic was every bit of a Michael or a Kobe or a LeBron. That is somebody who does not mess around when it comes to big boy business and big boy sports. The fact that LeVar Ball is still being humored at this hour, ripping your medical staff, ripping your coach, um bringing all kinds of distraction around the team to the point where new rules needed to be made as far as who can go where within the arena during a game. This is unbelievable that the response to that would be to bring his incredibly not talented enough other son in for a workout. I can't even wrap my head around it. It's absolutely stunning. Um. And if I'm LeBron James, I'm taking notes. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that isn't being thought of. It's like, well, okay, you know, Lonzo's one of their one of their boys. If I'm LeBron James, I'm taking notes. 
Well, not only LeBron James, but think about this. Let's say it doesn't work for, you know, the LeVar family, the Ball family here in L.A. Say it doesn't work. Who else wants to jump into the fire and say, I want to take this on? Mm -hmm. Who? I mean, who? If you're a general manager, if you're an owner, because of what you've seen, you know that impacts the kid or the young man. So who wants to jump into that fire and take that on? Because after the third year, Lakers got an option on what they want to do. Okay? Now, Magic has trumpeted behind it that this is the point guard of our future. This is this. He could be, okay, let's say, let's say things pan out differently where you get two great players and now he becomes expendable. What happens then? I mean, what's, what's your opportunities with I mean, other teams and organizations who've seen this thing play out and you know it's going to get worse as as you get to that point where if, if it doesn't happen, he gets signed back or something? We already watched this in sports. Um, and whether it's political, whether it's social, whether it's spiritual, religious, there are times, I mean, obviously Kaepernick is one that, right. is, that is front of mind now. Uh, people, teams dealt with this with Tim Tebow, do Johnny Manziel. Do I want to bring in the distraction? Is it outweighed by the play? Yeah. Well, right now we are, <laughs> we are darn close to I don't knowville. Exactly. And, and it's not Lonzo's fault <laughs> in regards to that. It's just that it, he's been put in that situation. And and when you got a situation of leverage, that's one thing. Okay. But again, if you don't perform to a level where now you can have leverage and they can say, well, you know what, this is something we have to deal with. It's just like when you got a LeBron James, the great is that he's great. But then you got an other side that you have to deal with too on that greatness that you have to, you know, suck up and say, okay, I got to take this because it's worth it. The Lakers are going to say, well, eh, the play has been okay. We're just projecting to say if it stays like it is. The play has been okay. So we don't have to deal with this. We don't have to put up with it. But if the play is extraordinary, now it makes it a tougher decision because – we need him to be a part of the team, so we're going to have to maybe bite the bullet. David Griffin, former Cavs GM, now with Sirius XM, NBA radio, NBA TV analyst, joins us next, Fox Sports Radio. Okay. <laughs> the give and go is coming up. Mark Wheeler, Jim Jackson. <laughs> I can't Fox wait for Sports that. Radio. Oh, <laughs> we, we got to have Rob the Lakers, put his list together. The Lakers are going to be so <laughs> oh, good. Once, yeah. once their grand plan of getting every good player to sign – and yep. uh, and how you gonna do a salary cap? Yeah, the you know, Rob, Rob has a way. NBA has a special exception. <laughs> the uh, salary cap will not apply to the Lakers. Lakers. Um, actually, every player is gonna come on a minimum salary because they just want to wear that damn logo. Uh-huh. Oh, Rob! Within the last forty-eight hours, and this is actually goes to my point off the top. We got to stop telling guys what their legacy is based on what happened last night. 48 hours ago, Rob removed Clay Thompson, our producer Rob. He removed Clay Thompson from future Laker status. <laughs> and then last night, Clay hit some threes. He said, Clay Thompson has been reinstalled into future Laker status. So, congratulations to Clay, even though he has zero interest in being in your stupid little game. <laughs> he has no interest at all. But his dad thinks it's a great idea. All right. Just imagine if we, we judge Rob like that on every performance 
That's what I mean. I'm producing. Well, and up and down. Like Rob, Rob is not in today. No, well, no, we got to get him out of here today. Oh. Today he's a legend because yeah. he got David Griffin yep. to come on with us. Uh, former Cavs GM, Sirius XM NBA Radio, NBA TV. David, it's it's awesome to have you. Thank you so much for coming on. You know, just about a couple minutes ago, we're sitting here trying to figure out why on earth all the things we do know about the Lakers. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but it seems to me that. They've certainly said at one time or another, uh, the Ball family needs to kind of tone it down. Why on earth would a general manager in the situation they're in welcome in Leangelo Ball for a workout? Isn't that unnecessarily stoking a flame? You know, it's interesting. I, I think sometimes you do it because you're, you're sort of making nice and covering your bases. Uh, maybe it's a way to build trust in the relationship. Uh, get LeVar to understand, look, it's not about you. Um, we're going to do what we need to do, but in interest of helping you, here's what we're willing to do. I think you can sort of build some boundaries that way in, in a way. So, yes, it could be construed as stoking a fire, but it might also be putting one out. But, but David, uh, thanks for coming on, first of all, and great talking to you. But, David, to me, I think it seems to weaken weaken what they want to do because that empowers LeVar even more because despite what they said in the past, he still got his way, which is getting his son, whether he's on the team or not, he got a son in this this position to be in the uh, camp or whatever, or tryout. Yeah, and I, I think, again, I think he got what he wanted, but I also think the Lakers have probably gotten what they've wanted as well along the way, and Again, not knowing anything about the situation, it's really hard for me to yeah. to say whether or not they gave up leverage in the conversation. In general terms, I, I would like to have a much cleaner picture, but that that's not a normal situation <laughs> by any means. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, right? Uh, David Griffin joining us. David, it's the common thought right now as everybody talks about and thinks about and wonders what LeBron James is going to do this summer. Uh, a lot of people say, uh, I, I hear this all the time. I'd love for him to stay in Cleveland, but man, they are trapped roster-wise with what they can do going forward. I mean, you've you've been in there with a lot of these specific questions. Do do you agree with that? What are, are they are they handcuffed going forward? Well, they are to a huge degree, and it's because LeBron's been on a series of one-year deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team was never able to build in a sustainable way that made sense and gave you cap flexibility and gave you the opportunity to continue to grow little by little. What's been done there is win this championship and figure it out again. And that's hard to continue to replicate year over year. Um, I think where they are now, I don't necessarily think they're completely landlocked because they have some movable numbers. They're just going to have to make significant changes, I think, to the structure if if LeBron were to stay, if they want to be able to get to a point where they can make sustained runs at paying elite into the future. And when you look at Boston's situation, they're so young, they have so many draft assets, their books are significantly cleaner, although that gets murky once they decide what they're going to do with Marcus Smart. They're teed up to be really good for a long period of time. And so when you're looking at that as Cleveland, you it's going to be tough to continue to remake yourself and be better than Boston year after year. Yeah, and with that, too, um, the challenges of having a 
transformational, polarizing personality. Forget the player. Like a LeBron James. On one hand, he gets you to the finals. He can get you championships. But it's another side of that equation that you have to deal with. How? What, what, what was the dynamics and challenge? I know you spoke about this before, David, but the challenges of balancing both of those um, items, so to speak. You mean in terms of roster building? Roster building, but also just dealing with the LeBron uh, aura, the LeBron machine itself. It's You got it great on one hand. It gets you to a championship. But on the other hand, right. there's some other challenges you have to deal with I don't think people really realize. Well, I, I think one of the biggest challenges is just having the organization go from being in the lottery four years in a row to flipping a switch and now we win a championship. <laughs> that's not organic. That's not natural. You don't, you don't grow and evolve into it. You know, Golden State got to have a core together that failed together in the playoffs. They got to grow and evolve and build trust and continuity and they got to do things that make it possible. And, Jimmy, you know this as well as anybody. You don't just flip a switch and say, okay, I trust that that guy has my back on the weak side. Mm-hmm. That, you get that in big moments over time. And so I think it's precluded that, which has been problematic. I think it's precluded a lot of free agents that might be more ball-dominant looking at the situation as the right situation for them because LeBron is going to have the ball in his hands. And that's not something that appeals to elite, high-variance, superstar potential guys, right? They, they want the ball. So I think from that standpoint, LeBron's his own ecosystem, and you have to buy into being part of that as a player that's coming to join the team. From a front office standpoint, from a running the team standpoint, it was an incredible blessing once you get to the point where you understand you just have to ignore the noise because all of the hyperbole around LeBron is all completely ridiculous and almost all of it's manufactured by the media, and you just have to get comfortable with the fact that people are going to say really ridiculous things about your franchise and know that that doesn't dictate outcome, that the only thing you can do is keep your eye on the ball and, and – advance the group as far as you can, and it doesn't matter if the speculation is LeBron's the coach. It doesn't matter if the speculation is that he's the GM. You just have to tell the truth and your job. Uh, David, I wonder also as a GM, how do you balance the idea of going from good to great? In other words, we're good. We might compete, but uh, do I break up a good thing and take a chance in an effort to make it be great. Here's why I asked. There's rumors that Boston wants to make phone calls this offseason about Kawhi Leonard. Boston's already really good without their supposed two best players who are coming back next year. Would you mess with it uh, in an effort to get a Kawhi, or would you just keep rolling? You know, it's fascinating because we, we went through that a little bit. When we drafted Andrew Wiggins, we were teed up to be good. Ron was already under contract. We could have been good. We could have continued to grow that and see where it ended up, but we didn't get that opportunity because it wasn't about that for us. It was, we need to win this championship. And so we took the risk of making the deal to get Kevin Love, and it worked out exactly as we had hoped. It was the perfect fit for our group. Boston's in a situation where I'm not entirely sure Kawhi's the perfect fit for their group. 
because the pieces that they have, they've got a preponderance of wing versatility. They've got size, athleticism, grit, toughness on the wing, where, where they're really lacking superstar potential. And given that they have Tyree at the one, assuming he's healthy moving forward, where they're really lacking star potential is either at the four or five, depending on what you call Al Horford, and more length athleticism front court type players, I suppose. So it's hard for me to say unequivocally that they need what Kawhi is enough to give up the similar pieces they have. Yes, he's a superstar, but he's also a superstar who hasn't played in a year with a mysterious injury. So there's a lot to know before you enter into that conversation. Josh, interesting stuff. Hey, David, really great to have you. Thank you so much for coming on today. Hey, you bet. Jimmy, sorry it took so long, man. Anytime you need me, I'm there for you, Griff, buddy. Griff, I appreciate it, brother. Be well, guys. All right, All right you too. There he goes. David Griffin, the former Cavs GM, now with Sirius XM, NBA Radio, and NBA TV. That was really interesting stuff. Um, so, apparently, when he was GM of the Cavs, he believes that he was the GM of the Cavs. Oh, definitely. And, and not LeBron. That's breaking news, isn't it? Well, I mean, I thought for sure LeBron was running everything there. <laughs> he called it a ridiculous comment. Crazy media. All right, let's get David Gascon in here. Latest going on out in about three hours. Three hours away, man. Why does it take so damn long? I know. <laughs> I know. We're just talking and talking and talking, and the game never gets here. Holy smoke. Is that better for you guys, though? Because at least you could sit down and, like, kind of concentrate you know what that's a good like i like both i love sometimes when the big game is on during our show um although it does lead to conversations getting interrupted it does be like right in the middle of a great point and then lebron will block somebody's shot from behind and you're like (laughs) forget everything i said let's just react to that that's exactly yeah Yeah. speaking of reacting we'll start things off in major league baseball chapman deals hit on the ground towards short grab by didi throws to first in time Ball game over. Yankees win. The oh. Yankees win. A little satisfaction right there. <laughs> did, uh, did Giancarlo hit a home run he today? He did not. No. Damn it. <laughs> in fact, all three runs the Yankees scored in this one were in the third inning because Garrett Richards lost control. He had five walks in that Whoa. inning, and the Yankees scored a couple different times with it. So they win the ball game 3-1. Braves beat the Red Sox 7-1. I remember about a half an hour ago, I told you guys the uh, the Astros were leading the Indians 8-3, to and Trevor Bauer had 13 Ks but was in position for a loss. Cleveland scored five times in the ninth, and Woo. now they're tied in the 12th inning. 8-8 eight, eight is the score. Bauer let the ball game 7-1-3rd, had 13 strikeouts and four earned runs against. Steven Strasburg threw 103 pitches in just five innings, had eight strikeouts for the Nationals. They beat the Marlins 5-2, Rays over the Orioles 8-3, Cardinals 6, Pirates 4, and I asked the Indy 500, Will Power is your winner. Danica Patrick, her IndyCar career is over with. She crashed when she was in 17th place. Obviously not happy about it. And as you guys mentioned, Eastern Conference Final ends tonight with game number seven. Mm. No Kevin Love for Cleveland. And uh, home team has won every single game up to this point. And all the betting public looking at Boston is favored by two and a half points. David, um, I'm betting you've seen this. Did you? If you didn't, just take a deep breath and then go watch it. Did you see the Braves' Ronald Acuna oh, injury? I- 
Yeah, I, I tweeted it out earlier. I think Jeff Passan had a, uh, what's it called, like a mashable, where it's like a GIF, but yeah. it, it, it goes like for an extended version. It, uh, God, who was the player for Louisville, the basketball player? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, oh, that yeah, was, yeah. A couple was, years ago. Yes, yeah, right in front of Rick Pitino. Kevin Ware. Kevin Ware. Kevin, Kevin Ware. Ware. Now, that was actual, Oof. like, you know, broken bone that, yes. that you could see. Yeah. This, okay, Ronald Acuna, if you don't know who this is, is like many believe he's the number one prospect in all of baseball, and the Braves just called him up maybe, I don't know what, three weeks ago? Yes, yeah. And he hit a home run in, like, his first game and all this stuff. He looked great. So he's trying to leg out – uh, a close play at first, mm-hmm. and was he out or was he safe? I think well, he was out. He was out, but he gave the indication like, hey, Blue, I'm safe. I'm safe, and then as he's running past the bag, he does one of those like, so the leg doesn't bend that way, Ronald, things. Yeah. And he was able to get up and walk off the field, but I'm seeing some medical professionals say that does not mean he's out of the woods like it's very possible we've seen the last of him this year. This is a brutal thing to watch. Yeah, hopefully it's just a hyperextended knee, but that thing is never never easy to oh. watch and see, especially live. But, yeah, I mean, it reminds me of where that's the first thing I thought of. So Oof. that's like a blood sport moment. So. Oh. All right, Dave, good stuff. Appreciate it. We're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com. Call 800-947-AUTO. Only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Give and go right around the corner. What's your worst injury story oh, of your career? But my, my, my fourth year, <clears throat> oh, I was rolling too. Averaging 26. Came off a night at 44 against, back then it was the Washington Bullets. Yeah, that's right. So we go to New Jersey, play the Nets, and um, playing in the game. Again, superstition. I'm playing in my shoes, but Nike wanted me to wear these Hirachis. Knew they were softer. So I'm in the layup line warming up. I'm like, man, these shoes just don't feel right. I don't like them. But I'm out here. Let me. I'm a change at halftime. Right in the game, first four to seven minutes it was. Come across the lane, going left to right, mm-hmm. and stepped on Jason Williams, tall Jason, big tall Jason. Yep. Foot. Ankle turns over. It's like my ankle is laid down flat, and I'm standing up. Ends up being a third degree sprain. They said it'd been better if I'd have broke my ankle. Because ligaments don't heal like bone. Right. I could hear it ripping through. Uh. And it it was so taxing in regards to the trauma, I felt lightheaded like I was out. Sure. So they thought it was a little dislocation, too. So they took me to the hospital. My ankle was swollen bigger than the grapefruit. And I never really fully regained my, because that was a right-hand player, left foot jumper. So I exploded off my left leg. So it was my left ankle. That caused tendonitis, atrophy in my thigh. So athletically, I lost something that night, and that was my worst. Thing. I mean, it was to, to come back from that too. Keep in mind, this was ninety four, ninety five. The technology in regards to rehabilitation and getting back was not the same. Sure. So, I never was the same. So, how come you didn't sue Nike for a billion dollars? That sounds have. like a billion dollar lawsuit. Yeah, right I there. mean, those shoes were so soft. Now, oh. again, it wasn't all their fault because I didn't tape my ankle. Okay, but the shoes that I was wearing was in my locker. And I changed them for the first time uh, that time, and that's what happened. You know what? You know what? I, I you know what sticks out of that story for me, and uh, my my wife actually has a book that she wrote called Intuitive Being, and the secondary title is about trusting your yep, gut. Yep. Like yep. you told that story, and immediately she would say, "Dude, you knew. I knew. You knew yep. in pregame warmups." 
and we do this all the time, yep. that thought will pop into our head, ah, I'll deal with it two hours from now. Yep. And look at that. Changed you athletically Changed forever. Forever. I still Golly. got issues with I still got issues in my ankle where because of the scar tissue, if I'm standing on an incline or something, okay. my foot won't lay flat. Just because of the scar tissue. God. Yeah. So it man. impacted so it impacted me so much where I had tendonitis in my knee, right? So I would run on the brake, knowing that if I caught it and tried to explode, I would have a pain shoot up my leg. I really didn't talk to people about it. So what I would do, if I'm running the brake real fast, I would jump stop and try to go off two feet instead of one. Where, and you're not going to get as high. And you, and, and you allow the defense to catch up. But right. these were the issues that came from that injury. Unbelievable. Yep. Unbelievable. All right. Uh, Mark Willard, Jim Jackson, give and go right around the corner. And uh, is, is, uh, is Parker in studio today, Rob? All right. What, is, is he coming? All right, what are we going to say to him when he walks in? Oh, we'll give it to him. I mean, he it was seven days ago, and he walked in here, and our show ended. Do you remember this? The door opened is the first words out of his mouth. Man, the NBA is so predictable. Man, Warriors and Cavs is done. What are we going to say to that guy today? I mean, he's still going to say the Warriors and Cavs are going to play in the finals. NBA is predictable, guy. Yep. Needs to pack up his lunch and go home. Game seven versus game seven. Warriors-Cavs three times in a row in the finals, both on the road. If if uh, if you if you blow this off, then you got to turn in your sports fan card. That's it. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do. When Rob gets in here, I'm going to ask for a sports fan card. Uh, the give and go is next. I'm fine. How many people are going to be in the crew that watch the game tonight? I don't know. I, a fr- another friend of mine is cooking something at his house, but it may tonight be t- tonight may be a little smaller crowd. Okay, maybe three, maybe four, maybe. That's all right. It doesn't I matter. Mean, it was game seven, so you got to keep it. You know, you got to keep it inner circle. Yeah. Yeah. You just can't just roll up. Yeah, you can't. Not not anybody yeah. could just come you know, over to your game. Well, not, not, if party. you need to, if you need to use a lighter or a cutter, you know, we'll be amenable to allowing you to use some of our accessories. <laughs> right. Um, but as far as like sitting down with us and, and sharing our space, <laughs> that might be a challenge. You can come say hi. We, yeah, we, but we, you can't we, stay. We want to be focused. Um, I'm worried about this one tonight. I'm worried Why? about this one because I'm we're going over. Two families of young children, someone's hosting, there's a swimming pool, someone's cooking, and I'm probably the only one, if you count kids, there's probably going to be nine people, and I'm the only one who, like, uber cares. Oh, about the game? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Problem. Yeah. Problem. Yeah, because it could be nonchalant about it. Yeah. Like, it's possible that they are not even aware that the game needs to be on. Because, you know, we're all going to... Talk and stuff. Catch yeah, up about catch life. Catch up about what? I don't know. Man, miss me. Catch me while I'm well, watching the game. So that's what I'm saying. I'm going to be like, hey, let's, hey, you know what? When they say, hey, how's it been going? It's been really good. It's been great for my business. Did you know that there are two <laughs> game sevens, yeah. both tonight and tomorrow? And uh, and just drop the hints that way. So that's what we'll try to do. All right. Uh, Rob Parker just walked in. He's about Mr. to predictable. He's about NBA to get is predictable. It. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, everybody saw <laughs> this coming, didn't they? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I saw the Warriors and Cavs on the road for Game 7s back in September. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You look at him. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. <laughs> We're going to turn this into two five-year-olds in, a, yeah. in the corner. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Uh, let's do the give and go. Here we go. All righty, David Gascon is going to lead us through. What do we got, Dave? Mark, first piece of advice. As soon as you get to that party, you yeah. need to establish your territory. That's right. Put the game on the TV. Make sure the kids don't like put on a cartoon or some kind of little children's watch. No, it's tough. Get that thing done right although, away. Although working someone else's remote control is one of my big fears in life. Oh, you can't do that. Man. Yeah, it's you can't. Like you, can't did, you can't do it. Man. I don't even know how. Like what? I mean, there's seven remotes, and you have to pick the right one. It's it's incredibly intimidating. Just let them know you want to watch the news real quick. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> little give and go, guys. California lawmakers are proposing an amendment that would limit coaching salaries to $200,000 for state schools. Would you guys have a problem with that, Mark Willard? Um, okay, we're talking about like football and basketball yes. coaches yes. limiting their salaries to $200,000. Um, I would not have a quote-unquote problem with it. I actually think that right now it's a bad optic for the NCAA that just can't find the money to pay the players – but uh, Jimbo can get $70 million in a contract, uh, so the money's there. Um, but I also know this. If UCLA, for instance, is only paying two hundred k for a coach, they're going to pay him in a, just a different way. They're going to they're gonna find ways around that actual state salary to get the money in their pocket. Shout out Under Armour. Yep, there you go. <laughs> I, no, I agree. I mean, a state-funded school uh, – the state has a right to kind of regulate, but there's ways around that in regards to alumni and other different ways to pay a coach. Uh, is it a free market? Now you're limiting that in regards to what you can do because it's not a free market system anymore if you're going to put a cap on what a coach can make. Oh, the greatness of California. Danica Patrick crashed today in her final race of her career at the Indianapolis 500. Considering her relative lack of success behind the wheel, is she the most overrated athlete of all time? One notable figure, Ronda Rousey. Jim, let's start off with you here. Wow. I don't, you know what, though? <laughs> Sorry, my bad. I don't know I she is that. from this perspective. She broke a barrier. Yes. She, she brought awareness to what NASCAR racing could do from a female's perspective. So did she win a lot? No. But did she impact the game? Did, did force people to pay attention to what a woman, a female could do? Yes. So I don't think so from that perspective. Yeah, I think people don't get famous by accident. There's always a reason. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always have to be winning. Let's be honest, right? Anna Kornikova never won anything. Uh, certainly well, man, of significance. She but I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, do I, need, I don't need to explain why she was significant or, or memorable. Um, and, and, and the same thing is, is here. So I would answer the question flatly as no. I would love to give you a different name for me to just immediately say who is, but I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that there's a name automatically coming to mind. But, but no, it's it's not her. Like she, she, she did something that that no one else has done. That's that's interesting. I don't think she's rated high. I just think she's famous and she's interesting. All right, interesting enough. We'll go to story number three, and this is. Right up Mr. Willard's wheelhouse. Uh-oh. Yeah, look out. Look <laughs> out. Tomorrow night. Oh, boy. The Stanley Cup final puck oh. drops in game one in Sin City. 
Vegas Golden Knights, an expansion team, take on the greatest player in the league without a Stanley Cup ring. That's Alexander Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals. So Sin City versus, I don't know, Slum City. Which team are you guys rooting for, Mr. Willard? Well, unfortunately, I do need to take this pot shot first and foremost. Of course. This game one is going opposite Warriors-Rockets game seven. So this game one is kind of like that old if a tree falls in the forest. But nobody's there to see it. Does it actually make a noise? So I'm not convinced this game one actually even happens tomorrow night because I don't know that anybody in the United States is going to watch. But how can you not root for Vegas? How can you not root for Vegas? I mean, especially with what that city's been through and and watching its evolution as a sports city this year, mm-hmm. um, expansion going for a championship. Yeah, like I'm 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 in on Las Vegas. I love Vegas. I love the story. The Maloofs are good friends of mine yep. who are owners in that franchise. It does show again the different way you can build a a uh, expansion team and be successful right away. Can that set precedence in regards to how you do it? and maybe in other leagues, because now it's successful. And it's proven, too, that in Vegas, a professional sports team can work. So the benefits, I think, are much bigger than just a Stanley Cup. So you guys aren't thinking at all, I mean, the tough luck that D.C. has had over the years. I mean, you think about the Nationals, Who? the Capitals, D.C. Who? Exactly. Who? Yeah. Well, I mean, Ovechkin, I'd love to see Ovechkin get one because he's been in the game so long. Yeah. He deserves it. But this kind of trumps a little bit, I think, the bigger picture for me. I blame Dan Snyder. Like, <laughs> Everything is, in D.C. is Dan yeah, Snyder. Yeah, yeah. This, this is bad karma until you change the name of your football <laughs> yeah. team. Yeah. Oh, come on. I mean, the basketball team had yeah, a, we you, went, you They went it. for bullets. They, 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 the Wizards. That's right. They, they had an open mind, and they changed, and everything's fine. Yep. Um, so well, anything in D.C. that's not going well, yeah, it's Dan Gilbert. Dan, Dan uh, yeah. I mean. But, like, being an owner with the first name Dan is not working right now. <laughs> Dan Snyder's not working. Dan Gilbert's about to use, uh-huh. lose LeBron Dan Snyder, James. Dan Gilbert. We didn't, get to, we didn't get to ask David Griffin about, uh, about his thoughts on old Dan Gilbert. <laughs> Another <laughs> that, conversation, that, baby. That would have been his answer, wouldn't it have been? It had been, nice. do, do, been do, a do, quiet do, pause. Do, like, uh, okay, okay. The finals is who? Who wins? Who Cleveland, wins? Golden State. Cleveland and Golden That's State. That's who I picked. I got to stay with it. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.